Stone. And we are here in the streets passing out flyers to come out there and vote. We're having, uh, I won't say a GoFundMe, but we're having a fundraiser. You know, we're going to do something very special, be in the forest. We're going to invite a lot of white people, I guess, a lot of indie rock people. Well, who would do a good for Bon Ever. We're going to have Bon Ever play. You know, we're going to have Bon Ever. We're going to have fucking Fleet Foxes. We're going to have all these. We're going to gonna go out there, going to raise the vote in, I guess, Wisconsin? I guess we're going to do. Is that, is that, is that, know, is that, a, is that look, a battleground state? I feel like that's a wrap already. I, you know, the, the sad thing is, I can't even joke about this shit anymore, man. Like, we're in dire times. I, 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 <laughs> I know some cats out, out on the ground actually, like, trying to uh, get out the road in Wisconsin. Um, and, yo, blood, bless your hearts. Like, this shit is tough, man. I can't, I can't joke about this shit Dude, anymore. I've, I've, I, 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 like, Ian with me. It's I've been given because the thing is obviously we've been at home so I have a little I won't say I'm I'm balling but you know the, the, my my little budget has gone up a little bit all I've been doing that money is as opposed to buying like let's say stupid shit I've been giving money to out of state races man and yeah, not even too. on some like on oh, oh I'm I, this is gonna be a good and I believe in this person no it's basically fuck you Lindsey Graham yeah, oh, dude. <laughs> like that's my motivation it's just like I'll vote in a fucking a piece of paper <laughs> yo Jamie Harrison got my bag too like yeah I was I'm just like. <laughs> I, I I am riding the petty Drake wave into 2020. I don't give a fuck what happens as long as these motherfuckers suffer with me. That's all yeah, I really care about fam. now. Yeah, fam. Oh man, so it's it's been a pretty slow couple weeks. Uh, we took some time off. Uh, we both had some <laughs> different levels of of, of uh, <laughs> mental coping. You were out in the woods again. I was in the thick of bullshit, but we're back. <laughs> We're back, people. <laughs> to share our anxiety with you. We're, we're back to, to stress together <laughs> over music. <laughs> over music. <laughs> oh, man. So speaking of some bullshit, or, or maybe some bullshit. I don't know. So <laughs> in the UK, there, the, there's this thing called the Arts Council. And basically... Obviously, live music is dead during COVID. Um, a lot of artists are out there struggling. Um, in the UK, I will say the they have this funding scheme where you can apply and get money um, to cover some of your losses. Um, and look, I think that's a novel idea, right? I think I think that more governments should be involved in uh, in, in supporting the arts. I think it's really important. Um, a lot of places do it way better better than the states. Um, so yeah, I, I, on the surface, it sounds great. However, <laughs> yeah, as, as usual, it, it, it never, it never, it never ends up to the movers, the shakers, the people actually making things. Your minorities, your women. Somehow, the the money goes from you know rich white politicians to basically rich white businessmen. <laughs> and in this case, um, a couple of years ago, there was a, a little. little uproar about a boiler room who admittedly i'm a fan of i, I like a lot of their programming i'll admit that straight up but um in 2017 they got a grant for i believe it was three hundred thousand pounds which is probably around four hundred thousand dollars maybe five hundred thousand dollars basically because they were doing a movie a, a documentary i should say on carnival in the uk so i remember there was a lot of critique around that time when they were like hey these guys you know we understand what they're doing but they're basically outsiders 
you know, I get the idea of where this money is supposed to promote the arts, but it's kind of ironic that you aren't giving this money to the actual <laughs> festival. You're giving it to people, to these outsiders to document it. But um, long story short, like someone was saying, you know, now it's it's a dire time. People are kind of reaching out for funding and they've got a hefty sum, about a million dollars U.S., which is which is fine. Like I said, I, I, I've got my own opinions overall. But the reason why people are kind of looking at it is the fact of where, you know, you've got this corporate entity where you've got these two white businessmen. It's a private equity firm behind it. You know, they're moneyed to a certain extent. And they've got this money kind of coming their way. But then you look at it and it's like, all right, that's cool. But what about the artists? What about the venues? What about these other players that are as important, that are as ground level, who don't really get that cash? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and like I said, you know, I, I do. I can see a world where making sure that Boiler Room is supported makes sense, right? Like, I, I, I can see that world, right? I mean, I, I think... Boiler Room, if you don't know, it's, I mean, basically these kind of like underground DJ parties that were, that before coronavirus was really popular streaming, right? You know, so they were just like, find some warehouse, set up some, a couple cameras right in front of the DJ booth, have like a bunch of non-dancing, mainly white people behind them. <laughs> Posing and profiling, you got it for you. Had to have the the, the right Budweiser can showing, the right glasses. You know, what I'm saying you, it wasn't just about just being at the party to enjoy yourself. You had to profile, baby. You're going to be on the stream. Oh man, but it's, it's it's so funny because everybody is trying to stunt but not stunting at the same time. <laughs> like it, it, it was fascinating to see. Um, but you know, like like they've had some really epic uh, boiler room sets, like called Carl Cox, Kate Trinata. Uh, Jamie XX has some really good ones. Like you know, I I think they they they've done a great job of supporting this kind of underground culture, um, especially somebody like Kaytrinada. Like he did his set like right as he was bubbling up, and I think that kind of solidified Kaytrinada as like that dude, right? So I do think think they do a, a lot of good work. However, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I. It's not these like two like kind of hipster dudes who are just doing it out of the love, you know. It's like we see the receipts now. Um, it's backed by you know fairly wealthy people, as most of these music <laughs> entities are, <laughs> um, and it's backed by some type of private equity or some VC or investment money or whatever. Um, and you know that herein lies the problem, right? Like you do have this this scheme where you want to support the arts. Um, but so you give boiler room this money, right? Like, okay, cool. But where is that money going to black people, LGBT, like, you know, queer people? Um, where is that money going? Like, are you supporting those spaces as well? Um, those spaces may not have as, as much international acclaim, um, but they're doing, they're probably doing a better job of supporting independent artists who are probably, more likely to be affected by the coronavirus than the pandemic, um, you know, we just may not be hearing about them. And I think that's kind of the question, uh, especially if you give a million dollars to Boiler Room, right? So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's because like I remember early, I mean, and it's still happening, but I remember early on, a lot of the venues in New York City, like, you know, not, not the hugest venues, but like elsewhere, St. Vitus, they were like, we're going to have these little, you know, we're going to have these fundraisers, but A, to pay our rent and B, to give money towards, 
you know, to our, our staff. I remember you would have Twitch streams where the DJs were there were raising money for the venue and for themselves also. There was a kind of synergy there. And the thing is, I don't know about the boiler room plans, but I could kind of first just I guess to say that if you've got that kind of money behind you, they're looking at profit, profit, profit. Um, like I said, it's I, I I understand it's 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 rough because we I can't say we expect a purity. There should be a purity in the arts, but there isn't. We live in a capitalistic world. So like, you know, as far as your demons are concerned, I've I guess I've learned to live with, with boiler room for the most part, you know. I hear things about how they don't necessarily pay their artists very well. But on the flip side, they're a platform where like I've I've known DJs who've had a boiler room mix and from that they've blown up. Like this is a fact. I've learned about new artists to boiler room. So it kind of reminds me a little bit of like, you know, I feel like Boiler Room and Red Bull had that weird synergy where, yeah, there's corporate money behind it, but it seemed that, and it's probably not the corporate masters, it's the people right behind them. It's those interns, it's the guy setting it up, it's the guys running the actual fucking the operations. Like those dudes knew their stuff. And I remember somebody was saying how like it was one of the most diverse staffs they worked with you know, behind the scenes. And I'm not surprised because they did it. They, like I said, it's, it's, it's something where they put me on a lot of music. So I don't want to kind of go hard on it per se, but at the end of the day, it's still a corporate entity. It's still a for-profit entity. It's the, the money could have been used elsewhere. And I kind of get the idea of why, you know, they probably showed up with the nicely well-written grants, you know, and the, that, that brand new Microsoft, you know, office stock, <laughs> all pretty <laughs> nice font. You know what I'm saying? FedEx there directly. I get it. I understand how that happens. But at the same time, it's a missed opportunity. And and I think that, you know, in general, like we're, we're kind of no matter how the world kind of goes, the world will move on. And we're kind of deciding how it should kind of reorganize itself. And I have no doubt that eventually we'll all be out there seeing live music, dancing, drinking, you know, moshing out, whatever. It'll it'll the world will return to some kind of normal. And I guess the hope is that, you know, during this dead time, it would reorganize itself around like, you know, more of the people on the ground level who are doing the work, who are innovators. And it kind of just sucks to kind of see a corporate entity kind of go in there and kind of grab that money once again. And, you know, it's and, and, and like I said, it's, it's something where I could kind of say that, hey, you know, hopefully that money will get used to like, you know, get some streams going and pay some DJs and yada, yada, yada. But still, you know, we all know how it happens. You know, it's when the money goes into the corporation, the corporation has to get its cut first. And then whatever's left over goes into the people who actually create shit. Yeah. So it, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I would say this, though. I, I, I don't want to throw. I mean, I do want to throw boiler room under the bus, but. I feel like the government also has something to blame here, right? They control the purse strings, right? So um, they're the ones who can say yay or nay. Boiler Room gets his money or like some like like POC like space in Brixton doesn't get this money, right? Like that, that, that the government is, is holding that, right? And the government creates the laws, but the government unfortunately unfortunately creates the loopholes, right? And we're seeing this in the states with like the the whole PPP funding, right? Where that was supposed to be for small businesses, but you had million dollar corporations who got that the, that funding, right? Shouts to the Lakers, <laughs> world champs, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. with that PPP money, <laughs> you know? It, like, so it doesn't even make sense to say you have this money out here for small businesses in the arts if 
the 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 process to to apply is so cumbersome that you need like a fucking team of lawyers <laughs> to <Yeah>. understand <laughs> the process. Professional right? grant writers, <laughs> you paint ten Gs to fire somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I when I lived in D.C., like there's cats I knew who made a living as grant writers. You know, like they could pay their rent because all they did was write grants, right? Like, you know, if you're a, 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 a POC space uh, and you're suffering already, you don't have that type of money and or time, right? Um, so, like, that's the problem. The problem actually lies in, in the government, right? I mean, look, if, if I was a business, I was making a million dollars, I'm losing money. And you say, hey, you're going to give me a million dollars. Why would I not take that money? <laughs> True. True. <laughs> it's, it's up to the government to say, no, this money is for, like, small businesses who can't get funding any other place, right? Like, like no bank is going to loan, like, a music venue, like, like you know, money. Like, that. that's, like, not corporate-owned, right? No bank is going to loan the money or, like, whatever, right? Like, the government has that power to say... No, not for you. You could get money or other sources. You can like go back to your private equity firm or your VC partners or whatever. Like where this money is for like these spaces, uh, and the government didn't do that. So, I, you know, as much as I I want to throw boiler room under the bus, uh, you know, the government ha- has a lot to of, of blame here um, in terms of just um again like they 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 should make these laws or they, they should make these programs fair and equitable and they don't want to do that like let's just yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's just keep it real they don't want to do that <laughs> yeah it's, it sucks but uh but yeah no i i think is and, and the thing is it's not it's like i read about i read about acts like in canada who they're able to kind of do what they do because of basic government funding is something where obviously the United States has something like that, but on a very, very, a, a minuscule, minuscule, tiny pennies. But um, it's something where, you know, like you hope that, you know, as we rebuild, we kind of look at, you know, the creatives and say, Hey, you know, what kind of got, got us through all this bullshit was like, you know, this music, these arts, this, you know, and like I said, it's like, and you pointed out, it's, it's the idea of where I, I think it's time for us to kind of step up and kind of realize, you know, what are, how much enriches our lives, how much is important as far as culture is concerned. So it's not necessarily it's a one way street. And like I said, it's, it's the idea, I guess, pressuring the politicians. I know that there was a big thing um, with the second round of stimulus checks in the United States where a lot of um, people got together, a lot of big acts, and it was basically like save our, I forget the specific name. Oh, save our stages, the, yeah. Yeah, save our sages. Yeah, and then so I know that kind of fell away because obviously we live in a an, an insanely dysfunctional country, and there's other pressing means. But ideally, hopefully, once you kind of move past this kind of stage that where we're kind of looking at things to rebuild, hopefully those places kind of get like you know build up steam. And it, and it's like it's it's it, it feels weird because like on my end, even before this happened, there were a lot of problems. You know, you always hear about that the stereotype of the shady shady promoter is a real thing. You know, you, I could give you horror stories of DJs, musicians not getting paid. It's it's it was always kind of a bad, a, a weird space where I felt like a lot of creatives got taken advantage of because they were going to create art anyway. Yeah. So as a result, is this like if you're going to create art anyway, I'm gonna kind of latch onto that shit and you know take the money as I can. 
And I guess it is the idea of where hopefully, you know, as we kind of rebuild, we take closer looks at it. We realize that, hey, maybe it's not, you know, this trickle down <laughs> idea of the arts is not really working. Maybe it's best to give the money directly to people. Maybe it's best for the government to give money directly to people. Because like you said, the, a bank isn't going to give a loan to, you know, if, if, I, if I have my dreams of starting my watercolor, my little pony art collection, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which I'm about to work on, you know, like like they might not see that as as fiscally responsible, and I don't blame them. I get it, but it'd be nice that you know if somebody was on something like, hey, you know, we see how this is enriching, we see how this music is enriching, we we need this this culture to be around. They'll throw some shekels that way, you know. It, it all can't be like fucking pork funds for fucking soybean farmers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I feel you, I feel you. So, uh, so yeah, uh, look, I'll, like if we vote. Right, and I'm sorry. Oh, vote. I that I, vote thing. Whoa. I don't want to be a broken record, Whoa. but the, the you know the problem is there's not enough people who are our age and younger who vote, and it, when there are not people who are our age and younger who vote, or you know, this is what happens. You get whack boiler room DJ sets. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Barry Manilow. You know. <laughs> so uh, I mean, look, I, and that's the thing. I mean. Look, if we want if we want the government to support these in- industries, whatever, uh, we have to realize that the government doesn't look like us, you know. And when the government doesn't look like us, this is the result. So that's all I'd say: vote, people, yeah. vote. Yeah, vote. <laughs> but uh, what else? And, and on a quick aside, because I, I was joking about it, you know. Long story short, probably my one of my most favorite recent boiler room sets was was Sir James Blake. Who has gone back to his dance roots, dropped an EP, and basically, I guess, dyed his hair bleach blonde? <laughs> Eminem bleach blonde? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I saw that photo. Yeah, it's not bad. Because I, I remember, the irony of it is, I remember when James Blake blew up, and I, I knew him as a producer I can't remember, in the blog era, back in those internet music, you know, pitching airplanes, you know, back in those, oh, man. those cool... I mean, you know me, man. Like, that blog era was great. I love that yeah, era. Yeah, I say where the, where the middle of high life money was flowing everywhere. They were just throwing throwing that, cash that, at that Scion money, that Red Bull that money. Scion money, woo! That woo. Scion money. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was great. I would, I would just, like, email them with, like, a PowerPoint to Scion, and they would, like, give me a check for $1,000 <laughs> and a banner. <laughs> The banner was keto. The banner was keto. I mean, look, I'm like, look, I'll show for Scion. You know, like, Scion made some good cars back in the day, but like, oh, yeah, that, no, that was, that was a great era. That was a great, great time. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's all. <laughs> but I, it just popped in my head just because I remember, like, I was like, oh, you kind of see how, like, you've got this guy who's, you know, producing for Beyonce. And the thing is, not to say that it's always about these mega stars, but you know he's got opportunity to go out there, play some sets, play some DJs, and kind of strip down and it's music in a different form. Actually, you know what I was thinking about? Wouldn't you would say that like Boiler Room kind of predated the whole Twitch DJ movement? Like if it wasn't for Boiler Room, oh dude, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's, what would we do? Yeah, it's it, just like we, yeah. would, we would have no idea how to hook up our fucking OBSs to our fucking cameras. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like they they and they were they were doing the streaming thing pre-pandemic like years ago yeah years ago the ogs man you know out there i was i was out here streaming back when before 5g <laughs> <laughs> we had these little crappy ass hotspots. we had to go run from at&t it was rough 
would be deep in the warehouses of Baltimore. <laughs> a scion broke down. It was a scion broke down. <laughs> <laughs> that was real DJ. <laughs> real online streaming. <laughs> uh, all right. New musica. Uh... I've been listening to two records. Like I said, I've been traveling uh, a little bit, of, a little mini vacay. Two records I listened to a couple of times in a row. Two records that kind of oddly remind me of each other. I'll start with the first. Uh, Black Thought. Um, basically, the last couple of years, he's been dropping EPs. Um, he dropped the third, I won't say EP. This time is a full-fledged album. Um... It's interesting because I don't think anybody has a doubt that as far as rappers rapping today, like as far as who have a high level of visibility, Black Thought is probably, you know, like like technical ability, it's you'd be really hard pressed to think of a better MC. Yeah. Like working at his level. Period. Full stop. Yeah. He's somebody where in two thousand and twenty you call him for a verse and he's gonna annihilate that verse. Um, I felt like the EPs were a great showcase of it. Um, it was just dope beats and him destroying them. Um, this is basically an album, so it's a much bigger project. There's a lot more um, things happening sonically. Um, there's an indie rock band playing on three of the tracks, a lot more guest appearances. Um, it's a solid record, but it's also an interesting one from my perspective, only because like you, it's almost like you've got this fantastic MC and all I kind of wanted to hear him do is annihilate beats for yeah. like 40 minutes or so. Yeah. So while, and I'm not going to be like, he's like doing country and shit. No, this is, this is pretty much firmly in what you expect to, to have heard in the hip hop album before, like let's say the trapper before it was just like fucking, you know, you're going to have fucking Mike will made it over fucking 20 beats and future wobbling over it. Yeah. You know, this is like, you know, high production values, good amount of hooks, song concepts, it shows him as an artist. The irony, though, is I think that, you know, in a time of where, you know, it's just interesting to kind of have somebody kind of trying to spread his wings. And he does so admirably, but outside of his strength. And that's where it gets a little funny. It kind of reminds me of, and I, I don't, I guess that it's, it's, it's a rough because I don't think he's, obviously he's not trying to cross over having Portugal the man play fucking background. You know what I'm saying? They're the homies, so, though. Portugal, <laughs> no, like real talk, like like uh, yeah. they have this weird, like they're all like friends. So I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised, basically. Yeah, no, and, and I, like I said, it, and it's, I feel bad because it's like I want to be like as as in general. The, I think the big thing about artists is we pigeonhole them. It's like you know, you were doing rapidy raps this way, we expect you to do it that way. You know, you know, female MCs can do it only this way, but not that way. So yeah. it's cool to have somebody broaden his horizons. Um, and I kind of wanted to like the album. And I think that, it, you know, it struggles where, like, is it me or is it him? Is it the idea of I walked into it with expectations and those expectations weren't met? And so it's my narrow mindedness? Or is it somebody like him where maybe it's not hitting because, you know, while he's being eclectic, obviously his strengths are just basically, you know, a beat at 80 BPM and him fucking yeah. flowing off for fucking crazy yeah. miles per hour. Yeah. I and I, and I feel like that's his brand, right? I, I feel like the like the epitome of greatness is like him just like rapping and like Questlove like just being in the pocket with a beat, and that's all. Yeah. I, and like for me, like that's all I need, right? Like like black black thought is always in. He's in my top, like my starting five, and in, in terms of the MCs, 
Uh, so I, I, you know, and I feel you. I haven't listened to this album, but I, I, I've seen people do this where they get bored of that, right? It makes sense, right? You're only human. You only do that for so long. You know, Portugal demands like just like sitting there in the studio, like yo, let's just jump on and do some 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 stuff. Like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at taking the risk, but I do think Black Star is probably like a, one of one of the the hip hop artists that's just. I don't want to take this. I don't want this to be taken as a knock, but he's not that versatile. Ooh. Don't dox me. I'm like I'm like looking Ooh. over my shoulder right now. <laughs> but you know I, what I'm I, saying you know like, like yeah I, don't just, I, I wouldn't say he's not versatile but I would say he definitely has strengths I'll say that way like look look Drake is the most versatile artist of hip hop artist of all time like right whoa we're, 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 let's, 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 let's run it down <laughs> so on level Do tell. of like from Drake to I don't know I don't know who's less versatile than, than Black Thought where it's just like you, you know what like I don't know but all I'm all I'm saying is, uh, I do think he he kind of has a lane, and um, I'm not mad at somebody like you know getting out of that lane because that lane gets boring after a while. But it, it's 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 harder for some people to get out of that lane than others. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. Like I, like I said, I don't want to say it's bad. It's actually solid. It's just that you know those first two EPs were just like him spitting him spitting over some some dope ass you know hip-hop beats and so when you have this and it's like it slows down and you know this beat is a little bit more reggae influenced and this and that it's it's like i get it and it's and these aren't bad songs it's like he's out here doing fucking tracks of like fucking miley cyrus you know it's still wolf in his wheelhouse it's still you know r&b based it's still you know what i'm saying there's still a level of blackness there but obviously he's a dude where you just he just he's he, he his talents are made for destroying mics. Full stop. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I, you know, like, like I said, it's, it's, it, I struggle with it. Like I said, I, I, I firmly admit it might be my own misgivings. Yeah. I'm gonna say, as a versatile MC, would do that track with Miley Cyrus. Oh, uh, <laughs> more shots, more shots. Tariq could come over here, oh, and slap us both up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to get the fire. I'm going to get the fire. Now, now that I live in bedside, there are people that listen to the podcast. I see at the coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> Slap that moko Charlie latte out of our hands and shit. <laughs> so now like, I'm scared. What you doing out here? Now I'm scared. Now I'm scared. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, let's talk about this Benny the Butcher. Oh, Ben Benny the Butcher. So, and I guess on the flip side is you've got so let's let's take a take, take a couple of wines. So you've got Hit Boy, who's basically always been a very dope fucking producer. You know, obviously I kind of made mention to the trap run that we've had currently in hip hop. So you feel a little fell to the ways back, you know, very instrumental to even like late, late, the late aughts. Like I remember Lil Wayne, he was having on that um, quarter three, if I remember correctly. I could be yeah. wrong though. But, um, but, you know, always a dope producer, you know, kind of came back a little bit with a, with a, with a project, basically did the whole Nas album. We kind of reviewed it, and I think for both of us, the weakest link in that album was Nas. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, you know, did the same thing with Van the Butcher. And, and you know, like, as, again, unabashed Griselda fan, you know, there's something about me, and I, I like the weird, almost psychedelic, off-kilter production that they do. Um, 
And I realized, and I, I feel like they kind of mentioned it before, where just because of, you know, back, back, in, back in the underground days of 2018, um, it was a lot easier to kind of get away with the samples that they were doing. But now that, you know, they're on Rock Nation, you know, they've got a, more of a national profile that they've kind of been forced to kind of figure out, you know, to get out of that lane of just finding, you know, a crazy ass soul loop in this fucking lend that bitch ride while I talk about murdering fucking grandmothers. Um, so long story short, he's got this hit boy produced album, Burn of Proof. And the only thing I could describe it is I'm riding around and it reminded me a lot of, and it's going to seem, seem weirdly ironic, Benny Siegel. Benny Siegel, you know, back, back in the ROC era type where it felt like those dudes could do no wrong, you know, when Cameron was wearing pink. When, you know, Timberlands was still formal wear when you're going out to the club. <laughs> you know, this kind of era of hip-hop. And, you know, there's been a lot of, like, cyclical, like, throwbacks to, like, you know, boom bap and people kind of reinterpreting, like, fucking even the 80s hip-hop of, like, what fucking, um, what were the cool kids were doing. Like, it's, it's not anything new to have a throwback hip-hop beat. But what kind of threw me with the Benny the Butcher project is... It still sounded current. Like, yeah. Hit Boy is still working at a very high level production wise. So, it's not a time I'm listening to it, I'm just like, oh, this sounds like some old shit. It just sounds like some dope shit. And Benny the Butcher, even though he's not necessarily a young MC in the game, he's somebody where he's extremely, like, you know, this national profile's only happened in the last year. You know, before that, there were some dudes signed to Shady who were putting out great mixtapes, but not really, you know, getting invited to the Rock Nation brunch like they did last year. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's something where their profile has grown. And so as a result, you get this kind of really hungry rap album, which I haven't heard of in fucking a long time. Like, it, it's it's it, it's kind of, I don't know how to, I mean, it's, it's that shit where, you know, when you're driving, you're driving around, you know, in your, in your older brother's, you know, Accord. <laughs> you know, you got the keys a little beat up. Where you, nobody can tell you nothing. You got your homies in the car driving to the city to knock into a club. <laughs> and it just kind of reminds you of that, like, like that head nod, like, like just, just, it's like this, like I said, it's something where it reminded me of where I used to be younger and, and, and I feel like great hip hop rap albums coming out, like on the mainstream level, like from like fucking water from the trees and shit. It was every other day. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think it's a testament to both, like I said, Benny, who is, I'm not going to say like he's a phenomenal MC, but he's a very solid rapper. Probably pound for pound the best rapper to have in that group. And Hitboy, who's just fucking, you know, who's always been a great dude in this, you know, for a certain level, I won't say fell off, but other types of production kind of got a little bit more in vogue. Yeah. And he's kind of riding his way back again. So it's, it's definitely, like, I'm not going to be like, it's the, it's definitely, if you like rap music, there's no reason why you can't like this. Period. Full stop. Like, is there something where I feel like this is something, this is the kind of music that made us fall in love with drama in the first place? And pops both of them. Yeah, yeah. It, it's actually kind of funny. Like, uh, my boy texted me and was just like, yo, you're going to talk about that Benny the Butcher on the, the podcast, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, you I know, put it on. I felt, I felt the throwback jersey fall on my chest. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, if you're 40 and over and you, you listen to hip hop, uh, and now I've joined the club, uh, <laughs> I got the smoking jacket. Um, yeah, you, you're right, though. I mean, this, this, this you know, it, it's a, a really great balance of nostalgia for that era, but also everything sounds current. 
you know, the lyrics are fairly current, like, just like, you know, I, I, I feel like they did a really good job, um, because there's a lot of projects that lean way too much on the nostalgia side that, that just Agreed. don't really feel authentic, right, and I feel like this is something that, that there's a balance there, and I think that's a... It's a, it's a really amazing project for, for in that accord just because it, it, that, that's very tough to do in 2020, right? Um, Hit Boy, Hit Boy's having a moment right now. Um, I reviewed his, you know, he had this album out, the self-titled album, or like uh, I think it's like the title of his actual government name, um, where he was doing that kind of like throwback boom bap beats, but he was also rapping over it. And I was like, oh, whoa, like Hippo is kind of known a little bit more for like your poppy kind of glossy hip hop beats. Uh, but he does have this muscle in him, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the throwback. Um, so, look, uh, the production is great. Uh, like the lyrics are great. The features are great. Um, you know, the Rick Ross feature is my favorite. Um, well, the Rick Ross and the, and the Freddie Gibbs features are my, my, my two favorites. Uh, Rick Ross. And he rips it. Gibbs is having a moment too. Yeah, Gibbs is having a moment. Rick is having a moment where he's doing crazy amounts of features and like just bringing it at a high level. Gibbs has been bringing it at a high level for the past like three or four years. I think, I feel like he's found his lane in this kind of like boom bappy type of, uh, beat. Um, my favorite Gibbs line now is like, you're going to cry or uh, Toyota or, or this Maybach, <laughs> 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 which is, I, I, I will use that line for the rest of 2020. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I think, I think it's, it's a really great effort. I know everybody's like on, you've been on the Griselda crew for like forever. <laughs> It, it, keeps, it, keep, it keeps my soul clean, man. You know, um, <laughs> this is definitely, I mean, I, I, I appreciate the Griselda, Griselda records, um, but this is definitely the, like, you could tell they, they put their foot in it, right? Like, this is, like, the, the record they, that they're trying to, um, not, not necessarily crossover, but, like, they know that it has buzz. They know yeah. that there's, like, heat here, um, and they kind of leaned into it, so... Um, yeah, not no, not mad, not mad. Uh, I'm, this is probably going to be. I mean, twenty twenty has 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 some good music, so I don't know where this is going to like land. I have to listen to it a few more times, but uh, I'm not mad at this album, I'm, like not at all. So, yeah, no props to them. Like I said, it's, it's something where, and and like I kind of threw it in there. It's interesting to kind of see this album and the J Electronica album that leaked, quote unquote, where. You've got these albums that are still mired in like this old kind of traditional hip hop production that we kind of grew up with, but like it's they sound very modern and it kind of shows you where yeah. you know we kind of it's interesting because you know hip hop itself is a form that's always moving forward, new production styles, new flows, new everything, and it kind of shows you that there's still a space there to kind of do there's still a classic version of hip hop. Yeah, that still that still sells well. That doesn't sound dated, and it's kind of cool to kind of have these records that you know are coming out and are still kind of making that kind of wave. So props to them. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, cool. So I have two albums that I want to throw into the mix. Um, they're both jazz albums, um, <laughs> and and then you can't the, the listeners at home cannot see the air quotes, but I put jazz <laughs> in air quotes. Jazz records. Um. So uh, the first thing I'm going to talk about is uh, the super group, uh, super group, also in the air quotes, <laughs> but uh, Kamasi Rostin, Robert Glasper, Terrence Martin, Knife Wonder um, formed a super group called the Dinner Party. 
Uh, and I finally got around to listen to the album. Um, I, here's what I'm going to say. I, maybe I'm listening to way too much UK jazz right now. Uh, but this is kind of more straightforward interpretations, mixing both hip hop and jazz. Um, and it wasn't, I, I feel like the hype of this super group was so high. Like I got to listening to the album and I was kind of like, like let, let down a little bit. Uh, more shots fired. I'm, I'm, I'm literally looking over my shoulder right now. Casper, the, the man gave us like a butterfly. <laughs> I need to, <laughs> I probably need to move upstate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't be saying these things out in Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> I didn't think it was a bad album. Like it didn't leave as much of an impression as I thought it would. Just out, off of like all the people I know, um, kind of you know, um, just hyping it up around me. Um, having that said, I thought it was really cool. Is they actually did a, a kind of a part two called Dinner Party Dessert, where uh, they took the same kind of instrumentals, they tweaked them a little bit, and they added, like, you know, collaborators like Snoop Dogg was on there, um, shit, a couple other, like, collaborators on there, and it became, like, a really dope, like, kind of jazz hip-hop album. That, to me, is the, the and it's the same tracks, in the same order, sequence in the same way, but just, like, with more, like, hip-hop, right? And that, to me, is the, the superior album. Um... So and it's actually it's, it ends up being really cool. Now that I said that, it, it actually re- ends up being really cool to listen to both back to back. Right? You have like the OG, and then you listen to like the reinterpretation. Um, and again, same tracks. Like now you can sequence them one against the other. Right? You can have like instrumental then the hip hop version, instrumental then the hip hop version. Um, and I, I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I, w- I would say the. Uh, Dinner party dessert is is probably like the more more superior project. Um, I, I have a hot take. I guess this is the older, more mature jazz listener hot take. It feels like Glasper. I feel like when he's got a lot of cooks in the kitchen, he he does well with collaborations. Actually, he shines with collaborations when I feel like there's less people involved. It's True. Like 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 when it's like the, the Robert Glasper trio, when it's like a smaller focus group. It's off the easy. Yes. When he starts adding like other dudes, like you know, his his X Y, his this, and then they're in a capacity that's just beyond like guest verses and they're actually collaborating. It's it. I won't say meandering, but it doesn't hit as hard. He's he he needs something like almost like and it's gonna sound a weird. It's gonna sound almost like a weird comparison, but almost like punk music, where if you give him the the less toys you give him and the more focus you give him and his projects, the better they are. The more time effort money it seems like they do a lot of cool stuff but it's never really as hitting as when it's a little bit more stripped down yeah no no i i i would completely agree with that i i definitely would agree with that and i, and I feel like his last few efforts have been kind of these like crazy like multi-artist collaborations um and i i definitely feel like it gets muddled so yeah yeah, yeah. so and, and this is this is in that same vein. So, um, and then the next one I want to talk about really briefly was, uh, so another super group, uh, in the jazz world, jazz world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Ali, Mishi, Ali, uh, Rashid, Shali Muhammad, uh, and then also Adrian Young have gotten together for this series called, uh, jazz is dead. Uh, 
Um, and there's, I think there's three or four of these projects now. And I got a chance to listen to number two, which is strictly Royal Ayers, basically. Um, oh, nice. The first one is a bunch of different collaborators. Um, he's kind of like really kind of reaching out to some of these 70s like experimental jazz dudes and like just saying like hey like you want to jump on our project um but the royal airs one like really spoke out to me because i'm a huge royal royal airs fan um i was very close to interviewing him way back in the day and like the shit didn't work out i was so pissed (laughs) um but um but no you know it's really interesting um just because it's Roy, like Roy is, he's 80. So he wasn't a dominant force on the album. Um, it was mainly like uh, Ali and Adrian Young um, and uh, this drummer, Greg Paul. Um, and basically, like you could hear Roy Ayers. He's like on the xylophone, this kind of trademark instrument. But he's kind of like in the background, you know, he's kind of like adding like bits of flavor and spices as, as as he sees fit and like maybe like coming up with the song structure and you can tell it, it's a Roy Ayers song but you don't hear a lot of like Roy Ayers and I think that's fine right like he's an 80 year old dude like <laughs> <laughs> what exactly can he expect but I thought the project is solid <laughs> what's up Imagine for it's like you gotta do it again, Roy. Like eighty vocal takes and shit. <laughs> yeah, he's out there tired and winded. It's like you fucked it up again, Roy. <laughs> Damn, now I'm depressed. I can see that happening. <laughs> he's all sad and shit. It's like all these want screaming on him and shit. Oh, now I'm depressed. Womp womp. Uh, but no, it's, it's it's a really cool. Um, uh, album. The most interesting thing, I didn't realize this until I, I read um, the uncut review. Um, the drummer is Greg Paul, who is American, but still I work in the UK. And I'm realizing that I love UK jazz drumming patterns. And because it, it's all over the place. Like, so if you listen, listen to like a Yusef Days, right? Like, it's just kind of all over the place. It's almost like. Um, what you hear on, like, say, the horn in jazz, like, you, these drummers are doing on the drum, right? Like, it's it's highs and lows. It's, like, <laughs> circular motions and, like, things like that. So one of the reasons I think I, my ears gravitate to this album is because you get that, like, Roy Ayers kind of xylophone, like, presence combined with just, like, UK jazz drumming. Um, and it's really amazing. Um, I think it's really cool. Um, it's kind of a sleeper album. I'm not going to say it's like my favorite album of the year, but uh, it's definitely something I think I want to cop on vinyl um, this year. So, oh shit, oh shit, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel like I would say something. I was good. It's ready, ready for me to get a uh, white music anthropological. I believe it's because the UK jazz drummers are closer. You know, there's a there's a closer direction there from Africa, Nigerian, <laughs> West Indian beats. You know. <laughs> There's, there's a melange of the primitive <laughs> that's able for them to actually get the African into their drummings. <laughs> I think it's it's weird. It's it's because 
And I agree with you. I feel like UK Jazz is killing it. And I think it's because and it's gonna. I, I'm ready for this. I'm gonna hate. I think it's some fucking. It's it's they're less beholden to tradition. I, I feel like to True. a certain extent in the U.S. you still have your Wynton Marsalis types that still be these old fuddy duddy motherfuckers who, even though a lot of the new cats, obviously Glasper, you know, obviously fucking Martin, obviously Kamazi are doing a lot of crazy cool shit on their own. There's still this level of fucking jazz snobbery you have to deal with. When the U.K. is just like fuck it, bro. It's just like this is what we, you know. Is I don't give a fuck. There's no. There's no old snotty dudes playing at Carnegie Hall here. We're just out here trying to make fucking dope shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with both points. Your slightly racist one and the latter <laughs> one. <laughs> I do think the drumming techniques probably come from like the drum and bass culture, which also came from like kind of the Afro beat culture, like whatever. But I do think that there is this whole traditionalism and jazz thing that even like somebody who's like Kamasi is fighting against, right? Who yeah. I, I, I would say Kamasi is more traditional, obviously, than some of the UK guys. Um, and he's kind of fighting against like him not being like, I guess, like kissing the ring of some, some of the people. Um, so I, I definitely, I definitely see that. So <laughs> not really a hot take, I feel, uh, <laughs> other than the racism, but uh, yeah, no, that, you know, that's <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> kind of on par for your for your white cultural critics. <laughs> yeah, but, true, uh, true, yeah, true. But yeah, no, no. Like I said, it's something where even when and because like, like you know, I'm a huge fan of like the um, and it's, I forget Hutchkins, the the saxophonist from um, since the has a lot of projects. Even when they miss, like, because sometimes they do some stuff where just I'll admit it's kind of corny. It's still dope, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kinda, it's like even even though they have some weird smoke word shit sometimes, and sometimes the keyboard sound a little bit. I have a keyboard that sounds a little bit too techno-y and shit, but you can still see the vision. You still and then, like I said, something there is still dope. Like yeah. it's not like they're out there fucking like the drumming is dope, the horn fucking like the horn riff is dope. They they know what the fuck they're doing and they're doing a lot of cool shit. So yeah, you know, one day maybe we could fly out there, Stone. Remember dude, flying? Dude. We, we could actually go to one of you know see see it in person one day. One day. <laughs> one day. But uh, but that's it for all. You know, we love y'all. Vote, motherfuckers. If oh. you if you if you vote, and I die from COVID, I will haunt you all on some <sighs> ring shit, some podcast ring shit. I will come out. You gonna be playing a little fucking Spotify and shit. You gonna see my ugly ass face fly through the phone and scare you and your kids. I, you know what? I'm surprised. Like we need to update Ring for the 2020 Spotify era. Like it's, it's it's not like the like the the janky ass TV. It's it's now the Spotify. You play the song, <laughs> and like the thing comes out of your phone. Like that that needs it, to happen. Look, I right. Look, we'll get little Nas X will be our fucking our main character. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I already have. We, 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 we're, gonna, we're gonna work on a screenplay. I, we'll zoom later, Stone. <laughs> We'll zoom later. We'll work on the screenplay. Look, I've got some people online. We'll I got just, we'll hammer it out. Yeah, I got nothing else to do in this pandemic. So let's 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 do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, people. Until next time. Peace. 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 <laughs>